you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Birdie. Throwing. It's caught. Touchdown. And a flag is down on the far side of the 11-yard line. So for the moment, Ronnie Bell gets into the end zone. First down and goal now from the 8-yard line. And a big hole and... Pulling his way is Matt Breida for a touchdown. Pressure. Deep. Caught. Samuel. Touchdown. There it is. The big horn at the big bell bottom. As the San Francisco 49ers take care of business on Thursday night football. Let the Giants hang around a little bit, but ultimately never a game in doubt. 30-12, to 12, the final. San Francisco improves to 3-0 and on the season. The Giants fall to 1-2. and Dan Hans is here along with the great Mark Sessler. And Mark, we knew this was a big challenge uh, for the Giants. Best of circumstances. It's not the best of circumstances. Saquon Barkley has a high ankle sprain. I thought it was an ordinary sprain, Mark. It's a high ankle sprain. He confirmed it today on Amazon in, in an interview. Uh, so he's out this week and beyond that. And he takes Saquon out of the mix. And this was just a mismatch really from the start. Yeah, I, it's it's um it kind of is set apart for me a little bit with some of these Thursday night games where you kind of think you know what's going to happen. And then because it's Thursday night and they talked even tonight about the fact that like you can't even really teach your scout team quickly enough uh, what the other team might do. It's like it's just it's such a compacted practice time and a lot of teams don't even have a physical practice. Um, But still, so that creates this weirdness in Thursday nights where like games go awry, they go a little strange. But what the more realistic scenario is, it's like you kind of lean on who you are. And I think we just saw these two teams for who they were tonight. And one of them is stripped of their best player. Um, it's a running back. And so your backup, Matt Breida, comes in and rushes only four times for 17 yards. Um, the Giants, who I think, if anything, they needed to create disturbance um, and problems out of the gate. You don't get Darren Waller a catch until, I think, a minute to go for the half. Uh, and the Niners, you know, just did what they did. I, like, if anything, win. I thought the plan was with Wink Martindale was to come out and throw everything at Brock Purdy and try to create chaos and mistakes. Um, and they did like, uh, there's an interesting stat. Let me bring this up here. It's uh, I saw this from PFF that they blitzed the 49ers on 83% of their snaps in the first half, which is the fourth highest rate of any game of the past five years. So there was a plan there. There was a concept of like, we can still maybe take this, young quarterback and throw him off his game and Purdy wasn't perfect, but it's like, there's too much happening with this Niners offense. Brandon Ayuk is not in there, but it's like they found a way just to make enough big plays where I, I found it to be a sort of a prosaic um, 
not very memorable game. And to be honest with you, this happens to us when you're going to cover every one of these. And uh, the Niners sort of performed exactly to the standards that I would have expected on a lower octane uh, night out at the ballpark. Yeah, they they were obviously the better team. We knew that. and But they it was almost like they didn't put the foot on the accelerator uh, throughout the game because they knew they didn't need to for the most part. And, and Brock Purdy, like you said, he wasn't as accurate. Um, and uh, he kind of warmed up as the game went along. Um, so you had no Brandon Ayuk. The, the connection with Debo was off early on. And yet they were able to, you know, when the passing game's not right, you have Christian McCaffrey there and McCaffrey uh, in an otherwise, I guess you could call it ho-hum game, another 100 yards from scrimmage, 85 uh, rushing yards, yet another TD, which is pretty remarkable. I think he has a touchdown now in 12 consecutive games, which is just amazing. I mean, <laughs> uh, to have that level of consistency, uh, it feels like we've, I don't want to jinx the men. It feels like we're a long way away now from that that cursed period of his career uh, where, you know, he couldn't stay on the field. He's really become everything San Francisco could have could have wanted. And um, so when you have McCaffrey there and you have Debo there who eventually warmed up and he had another uh, great classic Debo game. Debo's one of my favorite players in the league. He's so fun to watch. He had 77 yards after catch. Uh, in this game and that was before he caught the long touchdown that kind of was the exclamation point on this game it was also one of my favorite Debo things Mark I talked about it during our fantasy extravaganza there's one bit of a devil's bargain with Debo Samuel um, in fantasy there will be a handful of moments I I don't mean just one or two there's going to be six or seven moments where you're watching a Niners game and Debo goes down on the field and all of a sudden they cut to commercial with the entire medical staff around him and you, you're thinking to yourself, well, that's I got to go to the waiver wire. This is crushing. My team's never going to be the same. He misses three plays, and then he comes back and scores a touchdown. He's been doing this his whole career. It's one of my favorite things that I, about him is uh, he, he's a showman when it comes to injuries. He really is. I, I thought of you tonight because you're one of the first people that brought that up and kind of encapsulated it in a perfect way. <laughs> like um, He's been doing this like for – for years and like tonight, I was I was watching this with a couple of people, like with a friend or two, and it was just like, wait, Debo does this all the time. He's like down on the on the ground, like arms spread, like he's, he's dead. got medical. Like staff. you're literally wondering, I mean, is he dead? Like uh, yeah, did what, he, like yeah. will we ever see him again in this capacity, or will they be <laughs> wheeled out to uh, old age events? And then like two plays later, he's like walking around like this with his like shoulder pads <laughs> bouncing around. It's like. He knows what he's doing. He's, uh, he, I, I love him for this. Like, I think he's enjoyable. And it's like, you know, I look at this team. It's like, I, I think we both can say, like, we've seen the Niners when they're operating at a feverish pace and they're just, like, hand around the neck of the opponent and the opponent is dying slowly. Like, this was not that game. And it's that they still had 14 first downs to New York's five at, at the half, 244 yards by the break, 41 plays to 24, 20 minutes of possession, um, seven of 10 for third down, which is like a third down is a weird stat, but like when you're seven for 10, um, you're about as efficient as you can possibly be. And the giants had 12 yards rushing and you're, then you're, then you're asking Daniel Jones, who we don't totally believe in to save the day with a bunch of wide receivers. We don't totally believe in and Darren Waller's not involved early. And it's like, 
you can just see it on Brian Dayball's face, man. He like, I love Dayball, but like he was so frustrated and it's like they're, their schedule has been tough. They've been in a tough spot to begin with. Um, and this just exacerbated it. But the Niners, I thought played like a, a, a gentleman C game and dominated statistically in the first half against another NFL team. I think he tells you a lot about both teams. And even with Saquon, the Giants are um, a tier or even two uh, beneath the San Francisco. Who, they're so good, Mark, that like when you see that they drafted Jake Moody, which was a total um, the type of draft pick a team makes when they are so full of themselves about their roster. Oh, we'll go take on day two. We'll go grab a kicker. Uh, because that's the only real glaring hole we have left, even though the previous kicker, Robbie Gould, was one of the best veterans in the league. And now that guy has started nine for nine, Moody, as a rookie. So he's no Roberto Aguayo. And, you know, it's almost like they have a big-time player in almost every position, certainly the the glamour positions. And I understand Purdy, we're not ready to put him in the Hall of Fame, but he's a very, very good fit for this offense. But they have a superstar left tackle. They have uh, at least one superstar wide receiver and maybe two, they have the best all-around running back in the league. They have one of the best edge rushers in the league. They have one of the best uh, linebackers in the league in Fred Warner. They have uh, big. They have depth at, at, in the secondary. They have everything that you could want on a team, and anything short of a Super Bowl this season is considered failure for this organization, which are, there's pressure there. So that I think games like this, when they don't even seem to be playing that well and they still take care of business. That's what really good teams do and kind of swing it back to the giants. Cause you've mentioned his name twice, Mark. I am not into this Darren Waller situation with the giants. I like that Kirk Herbstreet was kind of calling Waller out. I don't think Waller's effort level uh, was where it needed to be near the end of his Raiders time. Really? Maybe coincidentally when he got a huge contract, and uh, Herb Street all but called the guy out for not trying hard in this game. And it is a bad sign when Darren Waller is not coming down with contested catches. When the Giants, one of their biggest glaring uh, deficiency is they don't have a true number one wide receiver. And that's something I think you're going to see them address aggressively in the upcoming offseason, whether it's going after a guy like T. Higgins or, or through the draft, because they, that is a big hole in this roster ostensibly Taron Waller Mark was supposed to be this guy that filled that hole and was a red zone monster. I'm just not seeing it through three weeks. And I don't know like Herb street, if this guy is really giving everything he can to this offense when they need him so badly. Yeah. I, I thought that criticism, um, I kind of like that from an announcer to begin with. We, we, a lot of these guys shy away from that. Um, you're down your number one running back, your best player on offense. Uh, like you said, you don't, you've got some, you got Jalen Hyatt, you got some young, interesting guys at wide out, but this should have been the Darren Waller game. Now, I don't think that would have made the entire difference had he even played one of his better games against this team. But like, I, it's a combination of like the Giants not finding a way to get him the ball early. And that could be a Daniel Jones thing. Um, uh, like I said, he didn't have a catch till right before half. Uh, you can question the effort. Um, it's hard for me to gauge that like as a viewer necessarily, but I would say that like the plan for him seems not, not totally on point um, on any level. And like the giants he just looks so different a- than the guy, the, the guy in the Raiders three or four years ago now. Yeah. And the guy we've seen remember to get, you knew that the one thing, it was a good trade at the time, but it, the one thing that smelled funny was why did, how do the Raiders 
make him, I think he might've been the highest paid tight end in the league when they gave him the contract or close to it. And then one year later, dump him for a day two pick. And like, you just wonder if there's more to it. And they did, there was a shot to Brian Dable after the, um, the, the ball that caromed off his hands for the interception. That kind of was the end end of the game where you could tell Dable's face is like, come on, bro. Come yeah. On, you got to help me out here. Like, and so it's this, they didn't lose because of Darren Wallace tonight, but I think they have an issue. Like it, Dan, Daniel Jones is not maybe a star, but I don't know if he has, especially without Barkley there, a lot at his disposal to really put together consistent uh, production week after week. Not let him off the hook, but unless you know people are higher on Waller, I get it. Then it's there when Barkley comes back. But I think there are a couple guys away on that offense. I'm with you, and I think like you have your Graybeards roster that you create. Um, the final like elderly, unsigned, <laughs> yes. previously star free agents. And I think there should be another roster where it's like Kenny Pickett would be the quarterback. Uh, Darren Waller would be the tight end where it's like, we spent a month plus or two or three months hearing about how glowing, uh, you know, it was Michael, it was Robinson, Alan Robinson a year ago. Like these guys that get the five or six weeks of like insane beat writer um, praise in print and ink. And then the season happens and it's like, wait, Kenny Pickett doesn't look good. And, Darren Waller is not fitting in so well in this offense. And it's like, Mark, are you pitching a really good Wednesday podcast segment right now? I think I am. <laughs> Maybe stick I a am. pin in it. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're saying though. Got yeah. hype bunnies uh, yeah. from the summer who now we're getting, you know, uh, we're heading into week three. We got to start to see some, some of that. Anything else kind of jump out to you? I'll throw a couple things out there. Um, you mentioned third down efficiency. I, I love that stat because it tells you a lot, I think, about both the, the offense and uh, the opposing defense. Giants could not get off the field on this game. Maybe it's a different game if they do get off the field a couple times in this game. I mentioned that I think a lack of a, a wide receiver one is glaring. They have a, a bright spot on that defense, and uh, Micah McFadden, who was all over the field in this game uh, and had a great, uh, in addition to every time they needed a you know, a big hit. He seemed to be there. He knocked away a touchdown to Christian McCaffrey, which means, you know, he's in coverage downfield, swatting a ball out of McCaffrey's hands. Nobody does that. So they have a player in McFadden. So it wasn't all bad for the Giants. And in general, Mark, like based on when you look at their first three weeks, it's been a little topsy turvy, but they hung in this game for about three quarters. uh, And you can give them a little bit of credit for that. Even if the Niners maybe didn't uh, perform at their typical levels. Yeah, I mean, so, like, compared to the last two games where the Giants did this, like, multiple personality scenario situation last week against Arizona, they're outscored 63-6 to in the first half of the season um, through tonight. That's that's messy. and like, I, But they, they were not a disaster out of the gate. I think we're seeing a more stabilized version. But the stabilized version is going to win about six or seven games, the team that I'm seeing right now. So I think if you're a Giants fan, you're disappointed because – like you'd like to build off of what happened last year and you'd like to like have all the people that giggled at you saying like, well, we were wrong. Like they actually were that team and they can consistently build off of that. Um, I don't love the idea that someone like Odori Jackson gets hurt tonight. It's like they're losing their best players and, and the, and they're in the player that's paid the most Daniel Jones is Half-baked. It's like, uh, I, I want to ask you this, because I, w- I went and looked at um, Nick Shook is doing QB index 
um, doing a great job. I, I read the whole thing two weeks in a row and like, he's a great writer and like, he's got a good eye for this, but like he has Purdy um, at number eight in his list. That's a, that's before tonight, but um, that like that is intriguing to me. I think that's like, I kept trying to inflate him last year and it was like, people are killing me, but it was like, I just liked, I, I like what I see from Purdy, but like Daniel Jones down at number 21 and like, I don't have a problem with that either. Like, it's like, that's who he is. Like, they they paid the guy they had, and there was no other options. But, like, Daniel Jones, outside of two quarters against the Cardinals, is not getting it done this year. And it's like, he's not their answer next year. Um, I Like, you're stuck with him financially, but, like. Wow. You're yeah. down on him, huh? Well, so, like, I know. So, I think, number one, his floor is high because he can run really well. And, like, when you when everything around him. Like, last year, it seemed like for the first time in his career. And why I, I do. I, I do like the idea of him. Like everything around him kind of works. Saquon was healthy. Like how many injuries did they deal with in the years before with Saquon and all the wideouts? It's like, finally they got it. Daniel Jones put it together. He had a couple games where it's like, I mean, I don't like, I like his arm talent and all the other business, but it's like, this is just a guy that's going to be here until the next New York Giants quarterback, like two seasons from now or a year from now. It's like, what, right, what evidence well, do we have right now that he's their dude beyond like, I- this year or next? I would say uh, we disagree on this. I, I think he really did did take a big step forward last season. And this year has been, I mean, it's it's really hard. The, the Cowboys game in week one was what it was. It was it was grim. They got blown out by a much better team. Bad weather game. Uh, he was phenomenal uh, in that comeback win over the Cardinals last week. And you could say it's the Cardinals, but whatever. He was big time in that game. And this game, like I'm, I'm pointing to it. I'm, I'm pointing to he's missing his best player. The offensive line uh, didn't keep him clean. Uh, he didn't have a running game. Darren Waller can't do a damn thing. And they don't have like enough weapons for him to go to. I, so I, I just don't think he's the problem right now for the Giants. I, I think the schedule is a big problem for the Giants. I think starting with the Cowboys in week one and then getting the Niners on a short week on the road in week three is their biggest problem because they're not an elite team uh, and they're going to be exposed in these type of situations. That's that's where I am. No, that. I, no I, I hear you. And I'm not trying to be too um, like down on Daniel Jones, but I just think there's like if we've watched you and I have probably watched probably like 400 quarterbacks in our lives. Right. Like there's these tiers and like um, Daniel Jones to me is in the tier of like great athlete Great, not maybe not great quarterback, but a, I see it as an athlete. I see like the physical specimen and what it can do. Um, everything needs to be right around him. I think we've watched quarterbacks where it's like you're watching like four apocalypses occur around them and they're somehow still surviving the storm. Like, I just don't see him that way. Like, it's not that I'm down on him. It's just like they got to manage him and deal with what they have. And like the pieces around him are not living up. They're hurt or they're not living up to the billing. And it's like, That'll put any quarterback in a tough situation, but like Daniel Jones isn't the first guy I trust to like save them. Like, I mean, he'll go, he's a spurts. He spurts like the second half against Arizona, which is the game I tracked last week on, in the office. was like, you see, this is last year's giants team, but then you lose Saquon and then suddenly everything else falls around apart around you. And the giants are going to win six or seven games. And it's not Brian Dable's fault. It's like, he's not doing a lesser coaching job. I don't like the Dallas game, but like, but it's not a lesser coaching job. It's just like a lot of stuff, a lot of crap is happening. A lot of nonsense and BS is unfolding around you left and right fog of war. And you got to fight through it. Um, I'll just say different types of players, but 
a lot of people felt that way about his predecessor as well. And now he's well, right, but I would the say, Hall of Fame with two rings. So it, yeah, but I'm high. It, he's I'm not high a guy. What I, I guess what I'm saying, Mark, is like yeah. he, there are quarterbacks that are high level, um, big time, you know, star quarterbacks that can lift a team up and take them higher if you just give them uh, a nice setup. Then there are quarterbacks that are solid guys uh, that uh, like a Kirk Cousin tier, Kirk Cousins tier. And I think Daniel Jones is in that tier where if you surround him with the right team, watch out. Like that team can make some noise, especially if you get to the playoffs, a la like a Joe Flacco, who's that type of guy too. Uh, you put him with the right team, you get to January and some magical things happen. Eli Manning, another example, he could actually end up going on a run and look elite for a month and, 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 you know, flags fly forever. So I think that's where the Giants probably see Jones. I don't think they see him as Patrick Mahomes, but they see him as a guy that like we could put him in here. And if we surround him with talent, he's going to thrive. But that's where I'm at on him. I know I'm with you. And like, I don't want to like, I don't want to exit this. Uh, and I'm, or not like, I don't want to exit the conversation with me as like, suddenly I'm, I'm anti Eli Manning to like, I, I, I love Eli. And like, uh, you know, like I'm a pro giant. I'm prone to be pro giants. In that's general. why I'm a little surprised by how down, down you are on Mr. Dimes right now. I just, I don't, I just, I feel like we've got a large enough tough sample spot size. Tonight, Marky. Huh? Tough spot tonight, Marky. That's a tough spot for Danny. Um, you know what, I like I, it. I, whatever, it's fine. Well, we'll I, see. I'm not, I'm not deter, like, I don't determine his fate. He will determine his fate. So will fate. Fate will well determine put. his fate. So. Well put. You know who doesn't yeah. care about anything, including fate? This is another reoccurring theme that I forgot about. Um, Al Michaels is in the golden years and Al is now on Amazon and he's like, I don't even know if Al knows what Amazon is, but Al's on Amazon and he's getting paid a lot of money to be the voice of Amazon. But Al at this stage and God bless him. And I hope I'm the same way. He suffers no fools and he does not care uh, to tow any company line. So uh, with that said, I want to show my, my favorite uh, moment from the broadcast where they came back from break and as they'd been doing all night, and Mark, we've we've talked about this. When we covered the Super Bowl Fifty, how long was that bus ride from the downtown San Francisco hotel we were at to get up to the Big Bell Bottom? I don't know. I mean, I feel like I like I um, we <laughs> we celebrated a number of birthdays on the ride. So I think we changed time zones. Anyway, it's long. It's like an, an hour. They're by San Jose, and Al is sick of seeing the Golden Gate Bridge. He's sick of uh, of showing the seals, you know, on the, uh, on the whatchamacallit, the pier. Let's listen to Al keep it real because he doesn't care if Amazon is happy about this or not. I mean, San Francisco, it's beautiful. We've got so many scenic. Now, we'd like to bring in aerials from nearby here, but what are we supposed to do? The salt evaporator flats? <laughs> San Jose Airport? Now, where was the stick? Where I'll hear from that. Well, I know you will. Yeah, right. How far was Candlestick from, from here? From here? 40 miles. It's in San Francisco. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the producer's in his ear like, Al, come on, man. Oh, my God. Uh, what did he say? What did he say was up there? What are we supposed to get aerial shots of? What did he say? Like the salt flats or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> uh, yeah. Ah! Like a little, a little world weary. I, I love Uncle Al. Yes. Yeah. And he also he doesn't have the he doesn't have the red uh the red hair anymore. He, he, I like he's just he's going all the way in and this is who I am. This is where I'm at and God bless him. Uh anything else uh from the game? We have a couple NFL news things to hit before we say goodbye, but anything else from the game, Mark? 
No, I think we can. I think we're. I think we've said as much as is needed to be said about that contest. That I quickly forget. It evaporates from the mental mind. <laughs> and the Giants uh, host Seattle next week, and then their schedule uh, is really brutal after that. So they need to find a way to get past um, Seattle and get back to two and two. And if they get to two and two, they're in good position. The the Niners uh, have a layup next week. Well, everybody thinks they have a layup against the Cardinals. So so far, it's been more like backing down in the paint and then, you know, muscling it up and, and getting it to go down eventually, but it's not a layup, but they get the cards next week. And then Mark Cowboys Niners on Sunday night football, everybody stay healthy. Uh, well that we are already past that point. I'm really surprised they put that in prime time. I don't know what they were, what they were thinking. Because the Cowboys aren't going to be healthy uh, when that game comes, they won't have everyone because uh, star cornerback Trayvon Diggs suffered a torn ACL in his left knee during Thursday's practice. He suffered the injury during a one-on-one period in practice, um, briefly spotted inside the team facility. This is according to ESPN's Todd Archer on crutches before undergoing an MRI, which quickly um, revealed the the tear, just a huge loss for the Cowboys. Uh, Mark, they threw two weeks. They, they put it on both New York teams. The Giants and Jets had no answers for that defense and Micah Parsons gets uh, obviously much of the pub as uh, uh, the new LT. Uh, but, but Diggs, there's a reason he got a massive contract extension. He is kind of the heartbeat of that secondary and the playmaker of that secondary and moving on without him will not be easy. It's a terrible loss. Like I feel like if you're the Cowboys, you're in this arms race with teams like the Niners and the Eagles where it's like, you can't be the next team losing these star players. And it's like, but I don't, I don't, this happens left and right. Um, I think the one thing about him is like, I think we understand he's not one of the greatest coverage guys of all time. He's hot and cold on his rankings for that, but ball hawk wise and what he um, does to infuse the defense and generate turnovers is wild. And they also lost um, Tyler, but Daz, their center, I believe I'm saying his last time, like um, he he had a hamstring injury. And it's like, I think he'll this, be OK, though. That doesn't seem like a serious issue. I hope so. I mean, like that's like you like you just you it feels almost like you're taking um, a silent bullet to the head when you're losing guys in practice. If you lose them in a big game and we all understand why, you know, he's in the heat of battle. But like you're losing them in practice. It's just like, oh, it, it's brutal. And you're happy that Diggs uh, from a person standpoint, he got that payday. Uh, before this injury happened, and that included $42 million in guaranteed money. Good for him that he got paid before this terrible setback, and he'll come back strong, I'm sure, next year. But he had gotten off to a great start, according to uh, Next Gen Stats. He had allowed just three catches for 31 yards on eight targets uh, uh, as the nearest defender in coverage this year. Uh, quarterbacks had a pass rating less than 10 on throws coming his way. He also forced the fumble, intercepted a pass, three pass breakups, six tackles, uh, these are all uh, that's a playmaker at cornerback and you take him out of the mix. Uh, they are not going to be the same back there. They have Deron Bland uh, who had a pick six, I believe uh, in week one. So you're going to, he's probably going to m- maybe slide over and be that guy, but you're going to miss him. They're just, they're not as good now uh, without digs. And that's the brutal part of the sport. Yep. And like, I, I think the thing you believe in them, like even like no matter what, like their offense, is spicy but like it's their defense that's like truly special and somehow carried over from last year to this year is like a top three top four defense and 
like you start taking these guys away and they can't do the same thing. Like when you lose your secondary, it's like your pass rush is affected. Everything's affected. So um, the Cowboys, like if they stay healthy. It's like, we talked about it all day today. It's like, they could be that team that we're talking about for two weeks prior to the Super Bowl. You lose four or five guys and it's like someone else creeps in there. Tough one, tough one. Um, all right. Circling back to the game, by the way, Mark, I know uh, our friend Kayvon Thibodeau, he did, he has another tackle. He got a he got a sack. It was a coverage sack early in the game. He did the robot after he got the coverage sack. That was it for Kayvon in the game. Uh, so we're still waiting for Kayvon to make uh, a, a big impact for the Giants, the former first-round pick. Now, I'm, I'm not saying I or we are rooting against Kayvon, but the man spoke a pretty large game this summer and uh, a little bit quiet tonight. I, in general, don't know why anyone – I think if you're on the Giants and you're a professional football player and you can get an idea of how the game is shaping up, the idea – the concept that you would spend a number of seconds or minutes doing the robot um, feels atypical <laughs> with, like, the actual situation. Like, let's get an idea of where we are. This isn't all about you. We're not in a narcissistic landscape. Like, the team is struggling. You've had a tough early start to the year. Like, the over-celebratory robot thing uh, – I don't know. I don't need it. I don't need it. <laughs> Did you? What'd you say? A, a nar- narcissistic landscape? Yeah, it's like. Well, no. I mean, look at look at like. I think that's anything. exactly where we are. <laughs> yeah, I would like. I would aim to like repair our relationship with him, um, if that's even needed. I don't think he even remembers right. that he was with us. But it's like I'm not looking to inflame it or um, exacerbate it. But I would just say like. Hey, work work with my sensibilities a little bit as a observer of the game. Like you're you're walking around doing robotic things, like because the Giants are down. Like you know you're gonna get flamed. We know you're gonna give up thirty points. You got to tackle. Is this all about you? That's the narcissist. That, that's the landscape I'm discussing. Finally, the game that we watched today, Mark, is a, a certain type of football game. Um, it's a, it's the Swingers game. It's it's uh, remember in Swingers. Uh, when Nikki played by uh, John Farber, uh, he um, he didn't have confidence. Um, he's a, and he's a bear, but he just didn't know how to use the claws. And he needed his buddies Sue and Double Down Trent to help show him the ways. I thought about that today. Let's let's uh, listen. Don't you want me like a big bear with 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 claws and with fangs? Fucking teeth, yeah, man. Fucking teeth on you. She's just like this little bunny. Was just kind of cowering in the corner, shivering. Yeah, man, just kind of, you, you know, you got these claws and you're staring at these claws, man. And you're thinking to yourself with these claws, you're thinking, man, how am I supposed to kill this bunny? And you're how am I supposed it, to kill man. this you're bunny? Yeah, you're not hurting it. You're just kind of gently batting the bunny around. You know what I mean? And the bunny's scared, Mike. The bunny's scared of you. And you got Shiv- these fucking claws, you got these fangs, claws and these fangs, man. And you're looking at your claws and you're looking at your fangs and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know what to do, man. I don't know how to kill the bunny. With this, you don't know how to kill the bunny. Do you know what I mean? You're like a big bear, man. You're like a big bear, 49ers. Take the claws out and your big fangs and you just sink into that little bunny, which eventually they did. But that was the classic swingers game. The the big angry bear, for some reason, just just batting around the bunny. Like, what what are we doing here? Let's just just kill the bunny and let's all move on with our lives. The swingers game. Yeah. No, and at the end of that film when they're in the diner and uh, you know, he's just shouting, I would never eat here, and like uh like the you know, there's an incredible diatribe against mini backpacks that were um, a big problem for us, you and I, back in the day. The girls walking around with the mini backpacks. We don't have to deal with that now so much. That's good. 
I don't really know what you're talking about with the little. Oh, uh, well, no, like, like they yeah. are, you know, like uh, in the beginning of the film and he's going on this insane, like, you know, he's on the phone in his apartment that in the, like, I would say in the late nineties, early 2000 window, there was a period where like a lot of like city girls or girls in general were like walking around with like bedazzled, like backpacks that were about like six inches by six inches. And I don't know what, I don't know what they were keeping in these backpacks. I don't know. Nobody knows, but like, uh, but it's like, but they were wearing them and they're wearing them with dresses and it's like, why are it's like 11 at night and you're walking around with a backpack. And so it's mentioned in the film and it, um, I agreed with the point. It, the, right. I love well, the film for many reasons. So, all right. The film is swingers, uh, 1996, a breakthrough, uh, in the, uh, indie, uh, movement of the nineties. So please check it out. If you have, that's our film recommendation for the night, uh, coming up on, uh, the, in the, around the NFL, universe we have a thursday uh around the nfl nfl plus joint with colleen wolf serving as the psychiatrist to tortured fans of around the nfl uh, that's fun and then sunday night of course uh you have the preview the week three previews out there already and then sunday we'll be back with the flagship show and i think that's everything mark niners rolling anything short of the super bowl in vegas Failure. This team is locked and loaded. Let's see how far they can go. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 